1: From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous
0: stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to
1: share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best.
0: And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness.
1: This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that offers a wide variety of non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products that will make you feel nourished inside and out. And for our local to Los Angeles listeners, Milk and Honey has the most beautiful spa that just opened. I recently had a massage at their brand new Brentwood Los Angeles location, and I really recommend it. We are so happy that Milk and Honey spas are now in LA after being the go-to spa with multiple locations in Texas. They offer
0: facials, body treatments, massages, and lots more at their beautiful new space. Yes, I am about to book a treatment too, and I can't wait to check it out. I'm just so happy to have a spa that I can fully trust in our area now. And for all of our listeners, their online boutique offers products from the Milk and Honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Coola Sun Care, and more. Some of our favorite products include Milk and Honey's baking soda-free, aluminum-free deodorant, and lavender tea tree, which I have been exclusively using for years. And I also love Milk and Honey's gel cleanser and Osea's body oil and vagus nerve oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. If you want to try milk and honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST one word at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes.
1: Hi everyone! Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a great episode, really informative episode this week, um, with Dr. Shirazi, who's a sleep expert and a dentist, and we're going to talk all about TMJ and sleep hygiene. But before we get to that, we're going to do our normal weekly updates and check in with all of you. So, Miss Erica, what what's going on with you this week? What are you enjoying?
0: What's new? What am I enjoying? Well, I am definitely enjoying. It's interesting. I'm really enjoying a lot of like comfort television right now as part of my self-care. Um, I recently made what I think is the best decision and I've started sex in the city from episode one. Um, so I'm like getting through the first season and it's just so, it's just such enjoyable comfort TV. That's the mm. only way I can, I have books like that too. I have a couple of like I call them bubblegum for the brain books that I've like read multiple times. And yeah, like, you know, like it's like self-soothing um, and sex in the city is, is, it's just the best of comfort TV for me. So um really enjoying that really loving it. And I, I enjoyed and just like that, like I mm-hmm. watched them all, but it's a totally different show. And so it's yeah. kind of really fun to like, almost kind of like wash my brain away and just like that and start again with, um, you know, season one of sex in the city. And yeah, like, I'm sure I'll finish it. I've watched the series through like so many times. Um, but yeah, really enjoying that. And also really enjoying, um, HGTV at night. So like I'll watch sex in the city in the background, like while I work on TV or something, but at night I find it really relaxing to watch like those HGTV like House Hunters, Flip or Flop, <laughs> like I watch. It's just it's so it's just comfort TV. I just love it, and it's making me want like to like renovate a house. <laughs> I know. So they make they
1: make it look so much easier on TV though than it, than it actually, actually is. is. But
0: yeah, so I guess that's like my big update is just I love TV. I really do love all TV, but really I'm. I'm watching a lot of TV actually right now, but really leaning into like, instead of scrolling TikTok or Instagram, it's like, let's just turn on sex in the city for that, Mm -hmm. you know, comfort show. Isn't it funny
1: when we were kids, like it was like, turn off the TV. It's going to rot your brain. And now like TV is like a respite, like where it's like, Oh, a nice, like I need a nice long attention span to watch a 30 minute episode of something. Because I, I do think that we've been changed by oh, 100%. like social media. And it's kind of crazy when you think or about like, it.
0: 30, I heard the new TikTok algorithm is like, you basically have to grab someone's attention in 10 seconds to like make it on the for you page. It's like crazy. So I, and this is a, we'll talk about this in a different, um, episode or intro, but like, I'm having such intense back problems. Like I've thrown out my back, like a bunch this year. Um, and, it's really crazy. And I know it's stress induced cause there's like, you know, the chronic stress we've all been under, but I was talking to you, Allie off recording about how I really think like it's my phone usage too. Yeah. I think my phone usage is actually messing up my back. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I'm currently recording this intro while laying on a heating pad, which Ali can see, but you guys can't. So that's like also an update that I'm <laughs> yeah. exploring, and it's funny. Like I might have to go to Dr. Shirazi for some like acupuncture or something. Yeah, he's also an acupuncturist. Um, but well, I'll continue exploring as I I deal with my back issues. And but yeah, it's just I, you know, it's interesting. Just yeah, the phone usage with yep. The the back stuff, but um also something else I'm enjoying just to continue um what we're enjoying and not just talk about my back problems, which I could talk about forever. But um I also am really excited because one of our podcast sponsors, the Route Beauty, just came out. They have a new drop of their highly anticipated tinted broad spectrum mineral sunscreen. That's SPF 50. It's called the shaken and shield. And it's only, um, it's $40 for anybody who is interested, but it's a mineral based tinted broad spectrum sunscreen. And it really like everything with the route beauty is really about, um, anti-aging supporting our skin's aging and 90% of our skin's aging comes from UV radiation. And so the shake and shield was really developed as a way to prevent premature skin aging when used daily. And I'm really excited about it because like all the route beauty products that I love, the packaging is so beautiful and I know it has like the best technology to help my skin. And so, um, and it even says, like I was reading about it, it's, um, reef safe. If water resistant it boosts antioxidants against free radicals and protects our skin from the sun so if you are interested in mineral sunscreen if you're interested in getting a new sunscreen as spring and summer approach check out the shake and shield and check out the route beauty in general because they're a great brand that we really love and you can save 25 percent with code courageous 25 at checkout and yes the link to all that's in our show notes but yeah. Really excited about that. So more of a fun update of, I was really excited to see the drop of their highly anticipated mineral sunscreen. So yeah. Yeah. yeah and you're, I know. you're all up on mineral sunscreen. I am.
1: I have been for a while. It's like my number one kind of only go-to thing, but it's cool. I'm excited to try their brand. Um, yeah. And, and see what it's all about, but I'm, I'm a big fan of the mineral sunscreen and I'm kind of, um, a stickler in my house too. Now that we just buy mineral sunscreen too, for the body. Um, it works actually, it works better, I think. And you're avoiding all those chemicals and basically minerals. Like it, it's a layer, it's like a barrier layer on top of the skin rather than being absorbed into the skin. So you want, um, something with, uh, zinc or titanium dioxide as your base, um, for minerals. So yeah. Um, what else? I don't know. I went to some concerts this week which was really fun. I got to see John Mayer at the Forum. Hotty hot hot John Mayer. <laughs> it was funny. I never thought he was like hotty hot hot, but I've seen him in concert many times. However, it's been close to like 20 years since I first saw him in concert wow. and I yeah, it's crazy. I think it's like 19 years ago in New he Jersey. Was-
0: the yummiest 20 years ago.
1: How did you not? I think he's yummier now. I didn't, I didn't vibe on him like in that way when I was whatever, 17, 18, but, um, I did, but But I have to say, I think he's like grown into himself. So I'm digging, I'm I kind of dig more of like the 40-something year old John Mayer. But anyway, he's also like an incredible guitar player. He is, he's an incredible musician. Has some of the best musicians in the music business that tour with him.
0: Did you enjoy the concert? Because I've heard mix, I've heard it's a different show. Like he doesn't do this. Is what I've heard about his show. So he doesn't do like a standard show. So every show you go to. Is a little bit different, oh, and he plays different songs. So I think some people, like I've heard, have been like disappointed on the night they went, maybe by his song choice or whatever the show choices. Um, How do you feel? How was I mean, your
1: he played. He like he was joking. He's like four for me, one for you. Like four new <laughs> songs for me, and then I'm gonna give you your body as a wonderland. So like he really, I think he covered a lot of stuff, and he did some fun covers. He did um like uh, the Tom Petty cover that he does oh, the free um, fallen,
0: Yeah. Free fall. Yeah, he does and, a good cover of that.
1: Um, you know, and like the musicians are so incredible. Like, to be honest, I thought it was a great show. I, I don't know, like, but I also haven't seen him in years and years and years. So I don't really like have anything to compare it to. Um, yeah, that was fun. It's fun. Like I'm really enjoying doing some more kind of like in-person events, although I'm, I'm tired from it in a way that like, since we haven't done much of that in the last two years at all. Um,
0: but it's fun. I love live it's music. I, I'm really excited to go to more shows this yeah. spring and summer. Um, I think I'm going to go see Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I'm She's like, 12. also, yeah, yeah, I was going to say here with your like tweenage. I, I'm going to like drag one of my girlfriends too. I, I asked you, I asked Allie, I was like, come see Olivia Rodrigo with me. And she was like, mm, no. So I'm going to grab yeah, one of my girlfriends to go see her at the Greek. So if you're going to the Greek, maybe we'll see each other. If you're also you know, musically 15 like I am. (laughs) Um, but that's so fun. I was actually thinking of going to see John Mayer at the forum. It was so funny. And then you texted me that you were going. Um. But I missed his, I missed his run through LA.
1: Yeah. He'll be back. I'm sure. Well. Yeah. Um, so we should get to today's show. We have a great episode and it's really like educational as well. So um yeah, yeah, let's let's get to it. it. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. David Shirazi, an innovative sleep expert, functional dentist, and experienced acupuncturist who specializes in TMJ. Dr. Shirazi opened his first center in 2006 and has been helping patients for over 15 years. He helps individuals tackle sleep and pain problems head on, empowering people to rewrite their narrative and take control of their health. With a master's degree in psychology and 2000 plus hours of continuing education in TMJ, sleep apnea, and face pain. He's a formidable educator in his profession.
0: Dr. Shirazi believes that sleep disturbances are the basis of many health problems and that improving sleep hygiene can help folks cope with practically any ailment, including ADHD, dementia, hypertension, and more. In this conversation, we learned that 90% of individuals with sleep apnea are completely unaware of their condition and have a really informative dialogue on sleep disorders, TMJ, and sleep hygiene. We learned so much from Dr. Shirazi and can't wait for you to hear this episode. So share your thoughts by tagging us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness.
1: Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches and now offer health coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business.
0: We loved the program and have had so many listeners ask us about continuing education for nutrition, health coaching programs, or even just enrolling in higher education to learn more about food and nutrition for themselves. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $1,000 off your tuition, use our names, Ali French or Erica Stein, at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. And if you want to work with us or receive coaching, you can always reach out at courageouswellness.net.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Shirazi.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Yes, I know Erica and I are both really uh, looking forward to this conversation with you, and we, we have a lot of ground we want to cover. But mm-hmm. to get started, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your, your personal journey, your personal background, and how that led you to become interested in the work that you now do, and then, and what did that path look like for you?
2: Okay, well, it's a good question, because I always say that this, uh, this specialty found me. I didn't find it, or it chose me, I should say. It's like, she, instead of saying that th- I didn't choose the thug life, I didn't choose the TMJ sleep life. It chose me. Um, so my whole family is pretty much all dentists and doctors. Yeah. And um, I worked for my mom, who's a dentist. Since I was 14, I was watching her do a root canal. And I thought it was the coolest thing. You know, you get to work with your hands. You get to be precise. You get to have these one-on-one conversations that are real conversations with uh, your patients. And just so you know, uh, dentist, by virtue of being a dentist, you're a functional doctor, right? When someone comes in with a problem, you're obligated to find out why they have the problem and fix that problem, right? It's true sometimes we don't know, but, but that's the intention right off the bat, right? So I, the, that, of course, you know, intrigued me. And it got solidified when I was 18, I had a cold. And I went to, I have a neurotic Jewish mother here in the valley. So she said, you got to go to the doctor. So I go to Kaiser in Woodland Hills and I go to this waiting room was full of people hacking and coughing. I wasn't, I did not have that bad of a cold. So I left and I came back an hour later and he wrote me antibiotics, right? And, uh, you know, he, he gave me antibiotics and I, and I said, well, if this problem's in my nose, isn't it a virus? He goes, probably. I go, what's the antibiotic going to do for the virus then? And he's, and he's like, well, the antibiotic will focus on the bacteria in your body. So your immune system can focus on the virus. I said, okay. I said, mom, you know, this is what he said. And my mom is in that genre of you do whatever your doctor tells you to do without questioning it. So I took it, I got better. And I was, as you can probably tell, uh, I was a bit of a nerd. So I went to the library and I looked it up and sure enough, even in 1991, we knew that you're not supposed to, (laughs) you're not supposed to uh, prescribe antibiotics for um, a viral infection for a myriad of reasons. So I just remember thinking, God, these people are useless. Like, you know, I need to like learn something holistic after dental school. So that when I have my own family, I can take care of them. You know, I just didn't want this whole steroid and uh, antibiotic world it was just not a world for me. That's for emergencies, not for everyday routine problems. So, um, so and then I, I was studying martial arts and my teacher was a, uh, uh, you know, he, he was a dental technician in the army. He was my Uh, Sifu. And then he said, Hey, you should study Chinese medicine. You would, you would be really good at it. So I gave it a go. I liked it. And then as soon as I finished dental school, I immediately enrolled um, in Chinese medical school, the oldest accredited school in the U.S. I loved it. And uh, that it was, it was lovely. Everything they did was functional. Right. (laughs) And, and everything was actually quite humble. If, if you can see what I mean, like in the ancient texts, you know, they didn't have blood tests and, and MRIs, obviously. So uh, they did pulse diagnosis and, and they did tongue diagnosis and they went by the symptoms and they went by the constitution of the person. But all of the literature would say, okay, patient presented like this, okay? So that means they have this, okay? And this is the formula you prescribe, the herbal formula that you prescribe or the acupuncture formula. If patient returns with worse symptoms that look like this, then that means they really had this diagnosis. And then this is the, is the prescription and the formula you give, and that will fix the problem, right? So even the, the ancient texts were written to be uh, taught with humility and that you learn from your failures, right? I mean, you don't really learn much from, your, from your, the wins. You, you, you learn almost entirely from your failures. So I, I, I absolutely loved it. And and as I came out of dental school, um, and I was in that master's program, I was doing about 200 hours of CE a year, and um, for various things, but mostly for functional orthodontics. My mom wanted me to be an orthodontist. I wanted to be an oral surgeon, and I was very turned off with how they treat TMJ patients. It was it was like a real. This is I entered uh, dental school in '96, and it was just a crapshoot how they treated TMJ back then. They just I'd ask him how did the patient function with all these bolts in them and they go we don't know I go what do you mean you don't know <laughs> he's like well these people don't have any other options right and I just thought well I don't want to be a surgeon if that's if that's the caliber of success you' you're you're, you're gauging against i'm not interested but i love surgery like i mean i went to dental school with my own scalpel and i cut the cadaver more than anybody else in my uh, group and i enjoyed it very much um and i'm a nerd as you can tell i love learning so that was just like another uh, real experience of learning um and and so i was doing functional orthodontics and there was almost zero crossover this is 20 years ago there was almost zero crossover between sleep apnea and uh, orthodontics back then. To this day, the orthodontic world, the academic level of orthodontics d- goes to the greatest of lengths to ignore sleep apnea in children. And the reason why I'm so against it is because the other techniques of treating sleep apnea in children, like tonsil adenoidectomy and CPAP, they, you know, they, TNA removal have, you know, helps 50% reduction in sleep apnea after a year or so. Um, CPAP works great while the kid is wearing it, but it causes a lot of other problems like facial deformity, yeah? But functional orthodontics literally cures sleep apnea in children. And it works if you keep those tonsils in and it works if they're obese, it just works, right? So they're they're just going out of their way to kind of ignore the fat. And you have to kind of ask the question, how much literature is enough before they kind of like get around? But anyway, so I was doing that and I was treating kids um, and and, and adults. And when the parents saw that uh, they weren't snoring anymore, they were doing better in school, their ADD went away, their hyperactivity went away, which is something that we know um, can be cured by treating sleep apnea. They were like, you know, I've had this job problem. Do you think you can fix that? I said, ah, let me take some courses. <laughs> and, and I did, and I really enjoyed it. And right around the time I was doing more and more into it, in the clinic in acupuncture school, we were treating, you know, we were doing acupuncture for pain and other, you know, internal medicine issues. And I said, well, why don't I, why don't I combine these two together? And I was getting very, very good results. And, and I just want you to know, I wasn't one of those frustrated dentists that like hated dentistry when I left it. Um, to me, I, you know, when people talk about new dental materials for making crowns and all these 3D printed you know, materials, I get excited by that. I think it's amazing. Um, but to get someone who's had chronic migraine, to get them to having few to zero migraines was far more gratifying than filling a tooth you know what I mean? And I really enjoyed filling teeth. (laughs) You're you're like a little uh, carpenter, you're like a little, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, um, contractor, when you're Mm. there, you know. Um, But yeah, it's, um, it it was just very gratifying. And then my mentor, who actually grew up in a town, like right next door, like I grew up in Woodland Hills, he grew up in Cordova Park. And um, he's about 20 years my senior. And he had come up with still to this day, the most definitive system I've ever seen of helping people with TMJ disorders. And uh, I learned from him and I just said, you know what? Um, I decided I wanted to do this. This is what I wanted to do. And I had to make a decision of, should I start from scratch? Should I um, buy someone's regular dental office and convert it into like a TMJ and sleep? Or should I find like some, you know, facial pain Mm -hmm. clinic and, and, get into that. And uh, I looked at one office, uh, actually, also in Woodland Hills. (laughs) I looked at one office and uh, boy, that scared the bejesus out of me because I looked at this guy and he was just grinding down teeth. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is that is a very old fashioned belief to think that the bite causes TMJ problems. Okay, doesn't mean it never does. There are some rare occasions that it does but the jaw is the foundation of the bite. So you would want to treat the foundation. I mean, you don't work on a crumbling roof without checking the foundation. Right. So, you know, I I was looking at this guy grinding. I spent a day with him just looking at him grinding teeth all day long. And I just thought, yeah, this is just a liability. I'm not interested. (laughs) So I I started from scratch, um, never owned my own office before, Um, you know, six years after dental school, which is around the, I think the average time that someone opens up their office and uh, just went for it.
0: Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your, that was a long,
2: that was a long story. No,
0: it was so interesting. I, I, I really appreciated hearing it. And especially like back to when you're prescribed, I can't tell you cause I'm so passionate about gut health and mm. how many antibiotics I was on as a child and mm. a teen that I did Me not too. need to be on. Right. Um, so, but I didn't have that moment of, Hmm, I'm going to go learn about this and figure it out. That came much, much yeah. later in my late twenties. But so thank you. Cause mm-hmm. all of your journey was very, um, wonderful and incredible to hear, but, I do have so many questions I want to unpack and I'm so excited to give our listeners and selfishly myself tangible Mm -hmm. tips to deal and explore all of these worlds of TMJ and sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. But to back up from the beginning, can we just break down like what is TMJ and what is sleep apnea for anybody listening who just isn't familiar at all?
2: Sure. So the letters TMJ stand for temporomandibular joint. So temporomandibular are bones and the joint is in between it. And the word TMJ is just um, our anatomy, right? So we can have a myriad of different kinds of TMJ disorders, right? Displacements, or, uh, you know, effusions to cancers, to anything, right? Um, Sleep apnea is is measured when we stop breathing for 10 seconds or greater or we have shallow breathing that causes an oxygen dip of 3% or more. So like the kind of breathing that that causes oxygen to dip. Um, And then we measure those and then we classify them as mild, moderate, and severe. And we have a different classification system for adults and for children. And I hope one day we have a different classification system for men of childbearing age and I'm sorry, women of childbearing age, I beg your pardon and men because yeah. because um, postmenopausal women do present like um, males.
0: Yeah. So I guess then my next question would be thank you for explaining that. So oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting really like technical because I just I know Ali mentioned, that she has struggled with TMJ before. I think mm-hmm. now I'm 32 and I am just mm-hmm. starting to, I have an overbite and I think mm-hmm. I am starting to experience TMJ. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some of the signs of TMJ and sleep apnea? Cause I also have friends, as we mentioned before the call that are now starting to go to their doctors yeah. and ask questions like, could this be sleep apnea? So how do, yeah. if our listeners are listening and they're like, well, my jaw hurts sometimes, or I don't sleep well at night. What are some signs that some things going on?
2: Such a good question. So um, as, as before we started, we were talking about how there was a study done on young females, 18 to 22 low BMI, you know, thin women, that got tested and 50% of them were positive for sleep apnea. So you can't go by any just kind of external look like the appearance or even the jaw position. Um, That's not really totally indicative. You have to be tested to know if you have it. So sleep apnea, I don't know any disease that isn't directly caused by sleep apnea or indirectly correlated with sleep apnea other than genetic-borne diseases. And even then some of those can't be. So for example, we know that type two diabetes can be caused by sleep apnea. And we know this because if the patient has both and we treat the sleep apnea with either CPAP or oral appliance therapy, the type two diabetes either goes away, resolves, or gets better to the point that you can manage it with diet and not need medication we can say the same thing about hypertension, you know, high blood pressure and especially, you know, I've been asked cause you know, how can I, I have hypertension. How do I know it could be sleep apnea or not? Uh, the biggest hallmark to me, the biggest red flag with hypertension is if you have to be on one or more medication and it barely reels it in. Like if you're at 140 over 90, on three industrial strength diuretics, okay? Then it's almost a guaranteed happenstance that you have sleep apnea that's causing it, right? So that those are the biggest ones. I mean, there was one study that found that if you have cancer and you have sleep apnea, you have a five-fold greater chance of dying from the cancer than if you didn't have sleep apnea, right? Because it's your immune system. Yeah. And, and when you have sleep apnea, it kicks up systemic inflammation, very, very high. Right. And you don't want that. You, you, when you, God forbid you have cancer or any disease you want to rid your body of inflammation. That's why we say don't eat sugar, you know, make sure you're getting um, good exercise, good oxygenation and uh, a a strong diet.
1: Yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing that. I I'm having these sort of like obvious epiphanies as you're speaking, but this idea of why sleep fundamentally is so important for overall health Mm. from a holistic perspective. Mm. Um, And, and anything, something like sleep apnea, which is, is preventing people from getting deep sleep. Yes. It's going to have a ripple effect regardless on any aspect of your health. So this might be a strange question, but do we know What
0: causes sleep apnea? We want to take a quick break from this episode to talk about today's sponsor, Ned. If you have listened to this podcast, then you know I struggle with anxiety. When I first learned about CBD being a natural and powerful solution to anxiety, sleep disorders, muscle pain, headaches, and so much more, I became very passionate about finding the best source to put in my body. Enter Ned. Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is USDA-certified organic, extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants, grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Paonia, Colorado. And I use the products daily to support my anxiety, and it has been so helpful in everyday life. These products are science-backed,
1: nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. Right now, we are both really enjoying Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp. And check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the re-uptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned's quality also really speaks for itself. Ned's products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf,
0: Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on Courageous Wellness. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with code Podcast. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. A direct link can also be found in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by BASE. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated, or what's really up with your stress levels, or why you never feel truly rested? With BASE at-home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which tests you want to get started with or you need some guidance, BASE's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body members can measure understand and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns diet stress energy sleep and sex drive
1: the result of your hormone vitamin or nutrient tests are delivered to you through bases app and come with personalized recommendations including lifestyle changes supplement suggestions and more We both had the opportunity to try Base and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and Base gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. Pricing starts at $59.95 per month or quarterly or you can start with base complete which are eight tests upfront for 450 we are happy to be able to offer our listeners
0: 20% off with the code CWpodcast To get started, take the base quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get-base.com slash CWpodcast to receive 20% off with code CWpodcast at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes.
2: Yeah, there's a a lot of things that can cause Mm -hmm. sleep apnea. Okay. So we you know, in the textbooks, they would say it is a a deficiency of neuromuscular tone, right? So, and what I mean by that, if you've ever seen someone that like goes to the gym and works out a lot, they look like they're flexing, even when they're just at ease, right? We would say that that person has a strong resting neuromuscular tone. Now, when someone is more flabby, and the average American doesn't matter the gender. The average American is, you know, has like sedentary lifestyle. So it's it's not just the visceral fat, which definitely is an indication, um, but just not getting enough exercise and upper airway exercise can also lead us down the road of sleep apnea, right? Now the reason we say in children, um, it's so common, is you know when we look at skulls prior to the industrial revolution. Uh, uh, you know, everyone had very, very wide palates, very, very long and developed jaws. And they had so much space. They had space between their teeth and they had like, like a quarter inch gap behind their wisdom tooth, right? So in modern man, they have to get all their wisdom teeth taken out. They, they had room for another wisdom tooth, Right. And what did they do differently? Cause they were genetically the same. And what they did was they breastfed for three to five years. There was no processed food. So as soon as the child's teeth came out, they would try to get them to chew, you know, straight away. Right. So that develops the jaw, the vertical action of the muscles develops the jaw in this plane, right? The up and down and the, normal swallowing of using your palate to swallow your tongue up against your palate widens your palate and your palate is the floor of your nose, right? So the wider the plant, your palate, the wider your nose internally and you breathe better because humans, mammals are supposed to be obligate nasal breathers. We are to exclusively only breathe through our nose, even when exercising. That's, that's the caveat. And we just can't, we can't shift the amount of volume of air that we need with our little noses. So we end up opening our mouth. And then when we open our mouth, you know, our jaw is hinged, right? So the first few millimeters, the first five to 10 millimeters of opening, we rotate, right? So if you're sleeping on your back and you have to now use your mouth, you've now rotated your mandible back, right? Right. And now we also know, there's, I think, at least three studies that show that the reason why we clench our teeth, which is the number one reason why people have TMJ problems, is because of sleep apnea. And the reason why we, a form of sleep apnea called upper airway resistance syndrome. And what we see in the sleep study is, as the airflow starts to dip down, we see the masseter activity kicking up. So we clench our, and we and we clench our tongue, we, cl- we clench all our neck muscles, right? Our platysma muscle, and we clench like this, which is why we get the headaches from it, yeah? And then what happens is when we do that and we restore tone back in the upper pharyngeal airway, then we see the airway coming back up. And then as soon as it comes back up to some unknown threshold, the patient starts stops clenching, right? So we see that 50% of the time. The other 50% of the time, we see the clenching without the dip, and we don't know why. What we say is that there's an autonomic nervous system uh, spike that's going on.
1: Wow, this is really fascinating. And I think a lot of our listeners, as Erica had mentioned earlier, are um, a lot of them are women Mm -hmm. in the sort of late 20s to mid 30s range, although Mm -hmm. we do have listeners of all different Ages and down to identities as well. Mm-hmm. But um I think what I'm getting at is that generationally we have a lot of listeners that are in their either grew up in the 90s basically, um, and were orthodontic. I don't know about you both, but um for me it was like everyone was getting something and whether right. it was braces, but you're talking about palate. Like I had a palette expander. I had Good. headgear, oh, I had braces, and then I had my wisdom teeth removed. And I, you know, I, I don't think that wasn't necessarily an uncommon experience. I remember yeah. my friends with their palette yeah. expanders. We were all putting those little keys in and turning right. and, and yeah. it would hurt because, you know, each time right. you did it, it stretches. Well,
2: if, if I can be pedantic. yes. Um, so, and this is the thing, this is why I, I kind of badmouth the orthodontic community. <laughs> I don't mean to, they, they kind of have it coming. Yeah. And that is, it's very well known. It's very well known that when you do what's called rapid palatal expansion, which is the hurdy part, okay? Mm-hmm. That as soon as you take the expander out, a third of what you did relapsed.
1: Goes back. Mm. Goes
2: right back. When you go nice and slow, okay, there's, I don't understand the rush, by the way. (laughs) Okay. It's like, you got plenty of time. They're growing. Tap into that growth hormone. Use it. And when you go nice and slow, the effects are more long lasting.
1: Interesting.
2: So it's, 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 their knowledge is like, it's like, they're right there. They're right right there. (laughs) They just need one paradigm shift to get them on board.
1: Right. And to be fair, this is over twenty years ago now, but it's it's interesting. They're
2: still doing it. They're
1: still
0: doing it. Okay. I guess I
2: guess they are. They're still pulling teeth and they're still doing headgear, which is extremely embarrassing.
0: Yeah. Which is extremely I had I had four teeth pulled as a child. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's embarrassing not, and it didn't do anything actually. No.
1: <laughs> and so I'm, I'm curious too, because I recall when I started feeling like I had jaw issues and it was very specific because it was after my wisdom teeth had been removed. So mm-hmm. I was in, I think college at the time and, um, the, the surgeries had gone through, I had all of them removed. I was fine healing. And then I remember I went to London to, to study abroad. Mm. And all of a sudden I got a really bad pain in my jaw
0: Mm.
1: and I was like, what's happening. And I felt like I was teething Mm.
2: and a piece
1: of bone Mm
2: -hmm.
1: made its way, which, which the teeth were gone. (laughs) So I was like, where is this coming from? Made its way up and out of where my wisdom tooth had been and basically came out and it looked like a little triangular piece of bone. And I was told at the time after, I was like, this is strange. Maybe they didn't get my whole tooth. Mm -hmm. And I heard, it was told that sometimes when you have surgery like that, that little parts of your jaw, Shards. Mm -hmm. shards of your jaw can break off and naturally the body will expel it. That's right. And that's, what had happened to me. But that's that was the turning point for mm. jaw pain on and mm. off. And I was studying classical voice at the time too. Wow. So that was really wow. difficult. Yeah. So um just curious because then then I went to my dentist and she's like, Oh, yeah, this happens. And I was like, I've never heard of this before. So more and more I heard, oh, that can happen. And as you just said, you know, that can be a, a common thing. So what do we do? I guess this generation of people who went through and maybe are continuing to go through orthodonture and mm-hmm. oral surgeries and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and maybe have experienced a form of, you know, we, whether it's diagnosed or not, sleep apnea, pain, migraines, as you were saying, some folks mm-hmm. come to you with that
2: tension type of it, Yeah.
1: If, if people are just starting to tap into the fact that this is sort of an ongoing thing and can have ripple effects in their overall health, Mm
2: -hmm. how
1: would you suggest someone maybe now in their adult years, early Mm -hmm. adult years, mid, Mm -hmm. midlife, start to treat this if they don't necessarily have access to you? Like where, where do they start? Who, how do they find
2: someone? The, The very first thing is it is, totally acceptable for someone to ask their doctor I want to be tested for sleep apnea whether you do it in lab or you do it in home in a home sleep test um, I mean I, I believe everyone should have it done it's like and I don't say this as clickbait sleep is more important than diet and exercise right so not that diet and exercise aren't important they're also you know important but they're it's not as important as sleep with um your doctor you you have to say no matter how thin you are no matter like for example like uh uh, men with sleep apnea will typically wake up feeling great and around three four five o'clock then they'll start you know they need a cup of coffee they need a Red Bull, they need that four hour energy drink to kind of, or even a candy, a sweet to kind of keep them going, right? Typically, but not always, um, women of childbearing age, when they have sleep apnea, they'll wake up feeling a little bit tired, a little bit groggy. They were aware that they clenched their teeth, right? So we know that um, tension type headaches, that's the, you know, when you get the band on your head that is caused by the greater auricular and greater um, occipital nerves that come out between your second cervical vertebra and the base of your skull. When you clench like this, they're being pinched, right? So oftentimes people with a headache, they'll go in to see their chiropractor, they'll get adjusted, instantly the headache goes away, yeah? But then they go back home and clench, and they're sort of back to square one, right? So the way I make my night appliances, they're designed to, you know, they'll, they'll be like retainers, but they'll also shut off your ability to clench, like 50 to 100% typically. And, uh, and then once you, let's say, see a chiropractor, then you don't have to worry about, you know, clenching the headache back. Resolving TMJ headaches, I'm sorry, tension type headaches, are one of the easiest things I do in my practice. Wow. That's, wow. See, that's the thing. There's so many issues that can be caused by a TMJ problem, right? So tension type migraine type wow. headache, ear problems like ear pain, tinnitus, uh, neuralgias of the face, burning mouth syndrome, all of these things can be related to a TMJ problem. But the ones that are subtle, um, the people that have them, they don't even really rank their TMJ problem up there. They'll say, well, my my tension headaches bother me way more than my jaw, right? And and the reason for that is very deceptive. So first of all, when we're asleep, we're unconscious. So we're not aware that we're clenching the bejesus out of our teeth, okay? Mm -hmm. We cannot clench our teeth for a full second during the day with the intensity that we do it at night. Not even for one second, it hurts too much, but our brain shuts off that pain, yeah? Now, during the day, uh, our prefrontal cortex has this mechanism where it doesn't like redundant information. So you know how you walk into, let's say a bathroom that smells really bad, right? After about five minutes, you don't smell it anymore, right? And it doesn't mean it's not there anymore, but your brain just doesn't need this to be constantly reminded of the odor molecules in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, with the jaw, typically people that have like a jaw problem, every time they swallow, their teeth come together. And that means the jaw is pressing up behind the nerve um, that's behind your jaw, which is also sandwiched between your jaw and your ear. But we swallow two to 3,000 times a day and then we clench our teeth and then we chew our food. So, and then we talk, right? So the brain cannot be bombarded by that much information all day long. So it really shuts it off. But if you go and touch it, you'll be like, ow, <laughs> it's, it's definitely there, right? But swallowing and chewing and acting, you, your brain doesn't want you to be bothered by that.
0: Wow. Wow. Wow, I think I need to come see you. Like, mm. I was listening. I'm like, wow, I think Allie and I, you're, and you're local welcome. to I know we have listeners all over the world, but we're you're local to LA, we're local to mm. LA. I think you Beautiful. have two new patients for sure. Love um it. yeah, yeah, cuz I can just yeah. Like I haven't had my wisdom teeth out. I probably should. Um I know I should and yeah, I definitely have some some jaw pain and I don't really have the headaches as much, but you know, like I said, it's probably, maybe it's just my wisdom teeth, but you know, I'm starting to get like back Mm -hmm. here below the ears, just some Mm -hmm. tightness. And Mm -hmm. I do notice I clench. I have anxiety as I think most, (laughs) most humans in the world right now do. Um, so exactly. So I wonder too, if for anybody listening, like, like we said, we have listeners everywhere. Do you have any, Exercises that people can do for jaw pain or to prevent clenching. Is there anything we can do at home um, without seeing a doctor if maybe people just don't have access?
1: This episode is brought to you by The Route. Have you heard about The Route Beauty? It's a clean, medical-grade skincare brand founded by a nurse and her best friend. Both are beauty industry experts and working moms in their 50s who wanted to address all the reason the skin ages in as few products as possible. All formulas are designed to work in harmony with your skin's circadian rhythm and are backed by science, road tested by experts, and proven to work. The route works its magic by using award-winning, clinically proven ingredients that deliver transformative results. I love the entire line, but their Instagram famous party peel is one of my favorites. It's an invisible oxygenating peel, meaning it won't actually make you peel that bubbles on contact. So you can literally watch the ingredients work their magic to give you
0: smooth, glowing party ready skin and it's gold. Speaking of gold, the golden rule is also a game changer. It's a next generation retinoid, gentle enough to be used every day. Retinoids are one of the best ways to teach your skin how to act young again, but they can make your skin super sensitive. In fact, some people can't tolerate them at all. That's why the golden rule is the perfect solution and we love it. I could go on, but why don't you check out the line and let us know what you think. They are offering 25% off just for our amazing listeners. So head on over to routebeauty.com and enter courageous25 at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes.
2: So the first things that you can do, if you have good nasal breathing, um, taping your lips, like in a V like this, so that in case you ever needed to emergency breathe through the middle, you could do that because that keeps your jaw from sliding back it forces you to breathe through your nose which is huge yeah that's that's a big one for me i I think that one will go a very long way um doing what's called sleep hygiene making sure your room is dark uh cool uh quiet and you know what we call a sacred space you only use it for sleeping and sex, right? You don't get on your bed with a laptop. You don't have family discussions. You don't eat on your bed. It's just for sleeping and sex and nothing more. Yeah. So those are some of the things that they can do in the interim. If they have a known nose issue, like a really severe deviated septum, or their nose is totally blocked, right? Just get into an ENT. And ENTs are are usually pretty common. and, and have that sorted out. And interestingly, if for whatever reason, I doubt it, but if if for any reason, insurance doesn't want to pay for the ENT procedure, you can always just say, I need a sleep study and most likely you'll be positive and then it'll be covered.
1: When, when people get some form of, um, a sleep apnea diagnosis, and I know you shared that there were different sort of levels to it. Um, Mm -hmm. but what are the, I, I know you are talking about the the nighttime mask, but what are the what are the treatment options typically for that? What does that look like
2: for sleep apnea specifically? Yeah. So the most prolific treatment is called CPAP therapy, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you wear the mask, the mask yeah. and it basically uses pneumatic air pressure to blow your airway open, right? So in the same way that you blow up a balloon, and the, and the walls of the balloon get wider. It's, it's trying to combat the deficiency in neuromuscular tone where it closes by blowing it up, right? And then you breathe, just you just when you inhale, it's easy to inhale, then you exhale, you have to fight the, uh, the exhale, yeah, because it's air pressure. Uh, an oral appliance is uh, basically a splint as opposed to a pneumatic splint. It holds the airways open. Yeah. Um, And it's really mostly indicated for mild to moderate situations. Yeah. And even AASM, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, actually every body, uh, every governing body associated with sleep and sleep apnea suggests that, okay, well, if they can tolerate CPAP, that'll work right off the bat if you can tolerate it. Um, But CPAP has a over 50% When I say failure, I mean failure of use uh, statistic on it. It works, but only about 40% or so stick with it. Whereas an oral appliance has a 75 to 80% adherence rate and it works about 75 to 80% as good as a CPAP, right? So, but all these governing bodies say for mild to moderate sleep apnea, oral appliances are definitely indicated. Even for severe, Using an oral appliance is preferred over doing nothing at all. Right? Yeah. So, if you can tolerate the CPAP, it's, it's very one and done, right? You do a sleep study, you do a sleep study with the machine, and they send you home with the machine. Yeah. Right. And that's pretty much it. Um, and then periodically, like let's say three, four times a year, you need a new mask because they wear out. Yeah. Um, an oral appliance is like a, like in my office, We use a machine called the pharyngometer to see what the airway looks like. And then we take a CT to make sure we got you in the right jaw position. And of course, the the device is 3D printed nylon. So it's totally hypoallergenic and very, very precise. So it's another level of precision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, my dad has sleep apnea. And so I'm very familiar with the machine (laughs) because I've seen it or when we I feel like he's had it for a long time because I feel like my family went on some vacation to some hotel and yes, all saw and heard the machine. Um, But yeah, it works really well for him, you know, like he uses it um, Mm -hmm. and he sleeps well and he wakes up actually in better shape than any of us. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do know a lot of people who are not a lot of people. I also know people whose parents have been diagnosed with sleep apnea Mm -hmm. and they don't Want to wear the machine because it's cumbersome or their partners don't like it or whatever. So I think that's just really interesting because um, I didn't realize I'm, I'm grateful that my dad uses the machine, but I didn't realize, as you mentioned, I feel like at the beginning of our conversation, that a host of illnesses come from not treating sleep apnea. And I don't know if people just don't realize that because, like, they don't
2: know. Actually, to be yeah. honest, most doctors don't know. Yeah. Most doctors don't know. They just, you know, they weren't taught it in school. Well, I, and
0: my um, my father-in-law actually just was a couple of years ago diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's mm, disease. Mm, but at the same time, he was diagnosed with sleep apnea. So it's just interesting for me to hear this because I'm like, who knows how long he had not, sleep apnea. It's
2: not a coincidence um, because, in, you know, essentially Alzheimer's is essentially brain inflammation. Right. And Alzheimer's patients, they respond to having the CPAP uh, use, like if they resolve their sleep apnea, they respond to it. Um, But diet is extremely important. So uh, really being very strictly keto is is very important for Alzheimer's patients, because it's actually called type three diabetes. You've heard that term. Um, But sometimes you have to do the diet first before you do the CPAP because they're usually not very compliant, right? They just, they forget and, and they take it off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation because Ali and I, you know, we are certified integrative nutrition health coaches oh, and wonderful! We can't even, I can't even express the conversations I've had with my family and, Mm. you know, about food and the importance of food. And it's, it's so loaded because like we've discussed this whole conversation, so many doctors, I can't imagine they're not aware of it, but it's just not not. the priority or it's just not how they make money, which is a different conversation, but even Allie, right. Her, her grandfather, I love your story in the hospital of after having, Mm. you can tell it, you tell it, it's your grandfather. You tell the story.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my grandpa, last time he just turned 91. Um, so he's doing well, but he's had type two diabetes for years and he actually struggles with keeping weight on, um, he's the smallest guy, but he had quadruple bypass at 80 at 85, which is kind of on the (laughs) older (laughs) side too. We're like, are you sure you want to do this? But, um, as we know, most people with heart and cardiovascular conditions also are often diabetic and um they my grandma calls it the sugar but she and she noticed that everybody else when he had his surgery also was diabetic but right after the surgery they brought him a piece of something like apple pie i think it was and my dad was like uh is there a diabetic menu here <laughs> the man just had his you know heart operated on. And, um, they're like, Oh, well, we brought him a smaller piece of apple pie. Mm. And it, it makes me crazy. (laughs) It makes me crazy, but that's just my personal, like family anecdote. That's
2: that's, trust me. That is not a rare occurrence. No, I know. One of my, one of my dear friends, her son, um, was suddenly diagnosed with type one diabetes Mm. and he had to be hospitalized His sugars were out of control. And like, the nurse brought him like chocolate milk right and she's like and the mom is like what the hell are you doing right she goes well you know i'm just trying to make him happy you know he's like we're not here for fun you know we we have a serious reason why we're here we don't want to be here right and you feeding him sugar is not doing anybody any good right? And she, and she, she didn't say not so nice in words, <laughs> which I, I totally justify. I mean, mama bear, you don't get in the way of mama bear. Okay. And, um, and this is, this is a common thing. Like I even, even, so my, my father had kind of like beginning Alzheimer's and then he had a stroke before he passed. Um, when he had it, I told him the importance of this ketogenic diet and, and to load up on coconut oil, just like load up on it. And they're like, well, we're worried about heart disease. I'm like at this age, you need to slow your roll with heart disease. You know, that's not really a factor right now. You don't have, you know, if you don't have a brain, you don't have a heart. Okay. So just focus on that. But they, they couldn't do it. They they were so indoctrinated in their thinking. They, they couldn't do it. And so he never really improved. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. We, we see all the time, you know, um, with dietary shifts it can be very difficult and very um emotional too it's not always about the actual food and so yeah it's it's definitely a complex issue um but you know this has been I feel like we could talk to you for hours this has been really illuminating <laughs> We're, we'll have to do a part two at some point for sure I would love um, yeah it's been really illuminating and definitely eye-opening and we appreciate you sharing your expertise today. Um, mm-hmm. as we typically wrap up, uh, all of our episodes, we ask our guests three wrap-up questions. So I'm going to start with the first one for you. And, um, it's, you know, you're a busy, uh, doctor and you run these, t- the TMJ and uh, sleep clinics and, you know, are a person who's, you know, in demand, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So, how do you prioritize your own self care? And what does that look like on a daily basis? Like, what are some of your non negotiables?
2: So, I have the great question. Um, so, I do prioritize sleep, right? So, my room is dark, um, my room is cool, I got fresh air coming in, and I wear an appliance every night religiously. I have sleep apnea, it's mild, thank goodness. but. If I don't wear an appliance, uh, I will wake up choking, right? I just went to see a friend of mine and she did this machine on me and she tilted the chair back. So I was totally horizontal. I fell asleep. And in like 30 minutes of sleeping, I woke myself up three times choking, right? So I don't, I don't, I don't play with that. That's just huge. Um, I do eat organic and it's not that organic food doesn't have glyphosate in it. But it has about one tenth the glyphosate that non-organic food has. Um, I do try to keep it as green keto as possible. The best resource I've seen for nutrition is a book by Weston Price called "Nutrition and, and uh, Physical Degeneration," and um, I believe he he looked at fourteen um, sort of indigenous cultures that lived to be a hundred and they could chop wood and carry water at a hundred. And only one of them was vegetarian. Uh, The other 13, and when I say vegetarian, nobody was vegan, just so you know that. Uh, The 13 that were not vegetarian, meat only comprised of 10% or less of of their calorie source. And they always ate it with something fermented which is what we call a prebiotic fiber and a probiotic. Right. And, um, it's, you know, there was just a lot of greens in their food. So eating greens, getting your potassium, getting your nutrients from your greens is, is very, very important.
0: Yes. I am a big fiber gut health nerd. That's where I nerd out yeah. for hours. Um, Mm Yes. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing. The next question we ask is um, what does being courageous mean to you?
2: Mm. So to me, the literal translation of uh, courageous means strength of heart. Okay. Uh, Not having fear is not courageous. Okay. I just want to be clear. Um, Everyone feels fear and in the moments of fear, and self doubt, when you still stand by what your what your heart rings true, is in that moment you're being courageous, right? And everyone around you is gonna maybe not understand, right? But you need to do what you like. Like my like my friend who who told off the nurse that brought you know, chocolate milk um, to her diabetic son. Um, it, it's standing in your convictions, even with fear even with uncertainty.
1: Thank you. That's a beautiful answer. And then the third question is, um, actually, you already kind of, you already answered it a little bit, but if there's anything mm. else you want to add, it's, do you have any book recommendations? And it can be on any topic, whether it's something that we've touched on today or just something that's really meant something to you in your own life.
2: Yeah. So um, obviously that Nutrition and Physical Degeneration book is great. My mentor, Doctor Steve Olmos, has a great book, and I'm gonna I'm gonna type in the name right now. Uh, yeah, um, and let you know the exact name right now. I'm looking for it. It's a great book on breathing, on the importance of breathing, and what we get out of it. Oh my goodness, it's can't. I'm embarrassed that I, don't, uh, that I don't know by heart. I'm just, just gonna do a little search. It is, I, I know it's, here we go. It's called Airway Management. And even though it the, the word, the title may give off that it's like for doctors only, Um, it, it really is not that complicated a reading that the average person can't understand. Yeah.
1: Great. Thank you so much. And thanks again for joining us today. And if anyone wants to find you, follow you and, or maybe even make an appointment to come see you, where can they do that?
2: The best resource is going to our websites, tmjla.com or tmjconejo.com. Um, I have a bunch of videos on YouTube. I did a one hour Google talk that's on there. So whatever like resonates with you, Um, you could do your own background work or if you're just ready, just call and come in.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a
0: different guest each week.